Welcome back, folks, to the Mel Wright Show. Um, it's episode 145. We've got a great guest here, folks. We've got Phil Singleton here, and he wrote a book called SEO for Growth. And we're going to have a binge about how we can get you great SEO, and which leads to great leads. Um, Phil, would you like to quickly introduce yourself to the audience? Yeah, so my name's Phil Singleton. I've been running a small you know, boutique agency based in Kansas City here for the last 12, 13 years. Very unconventional path to digital. Um, basically almost flunked out of computer science in college. Uh, I got an insurance company job right out of school. That didn't last long because it was uh, it, I was miserable. Ended up moving to Asia for like 10 years. Um, towards the end of that stint, I got introduced to like SEO and the internet stuff. Just just kind of a company, just basically an opportunity fell into my lap. And I kind of learned SEO and a little bit of web design on the fly. Um, flash forward a little bit from that time, 2005, moved back to Kansas City. Didn't really know what I wanted to do. I was 35 years old at the time. Um, ended up doing like a barter website, um, for an auto detailer. Just, I didn't know what I was doing. I literally didn't know what I was doing. I mean, I was like, I can do this. I've seen SEO work at this company I was working for before. Uh, and I figured, Hey, you know what, if I can't do this for this guy on my own, if I can't self-study my way to a, to a one page website, I'll hire somebody to do it. Well, I ended up doing it, um, about 60, 90 days later, you know, this is back in 2005. And if you just put a little bit of effort and it's pretty easy to rank stuff, it's a little different game right now. Um, but it, it happened. He ranked really quickly, and the guy went from making $25 a car, selling these really almost making nothing to auto de- detail, detailers, to being able to sell $200 um, details to like to the retail market. So he called me up um, and said, Phil, you changed my business. You've changed my life. And I was like, boom, 35. I finally know what I want to be when I grow up. <laughs> I'm going to be a web design and SEO guy. So, uh, And that's what happened. That one little barter website's turned into literally hundreds of custom websites that we've done now. Um, got scores of SEO clients and I've gone off now trying to do my own personal branding and authority and book writing. It's funny because I'm an introvert by nature. So, you know, five or six years ago before Penguin and Panda and all these punitive things came out, I was like to do stuff from the bat cave without ever showing my, my face. But, you know, it's a different world right now. Now all we're right, all putting please. ourselves we're on podcasts, we're writing books, we're doing all sorts of stuff, you know, we're putting our face everywhere and that's just the way it is now. So that's, that's my story. Oh, that's right, Phil. You're you're introverted, all right. Um, I, I'd like to introduce my co-host, Robert. Robert, would you like to introduce yourself quickly? Sure. I'm the founder of Inbound uh, Real Estate Marketing, and uh, I've spent the last ten years focusing on on uh, on becoming a, a an online marketing expert specifically within the vertical of real estate. And I have, uh, I have also founded a service-based company that builds websites and does SEO called Inbound REM. But uh, if anybody is interested, just go to the website. And I have massive amounts of content there, so everybody can check that out. That's great. And I'm the founder of MailRite. We're a um, marketing software platform that's specifically aimed at the real estate industry and agents like you, and we get quality leads for you mostly through also combining our efforts with Facebook. Back to Phil. So, Phil, um, the um, the main thread of this episode is going to be SEO, search engine optimization, and websites. So, in the industry, um, a lot of agents, there's a, lot, there's a few people saying that you don't really need a website. Um, it doesn't really matter anymore or you can just use the kind of one page template that your broker provides you and that and that's fine 
what do you think about some of these people saying that and why do you think if you do think it's still really important in branding and in seo and in marketing in general for agents to look at having their own website um well i think it's really important because that's the you know there's different ways to skin the digital marketing cat and um the way that we do it is really you know you're, you're trying to create well, to me, first of all, we're all website companies now. It's one of the things I look at. And it's really tough for, for somebody um, that believes a website is kind of a, an asset um, versus a digital brochure type of a thing that, um, that you would try and put your content up somebody else on a one-page site or treat it like a digital brochure. Because really, the way that we found a win for ourselves and for our clients, and just looking at other people that are, have done it, is to create a website that's your own asset that becomes a, um, a marketing platform for yourself, but also the referral source for all of your content. So one of the things that drives me crazy about you know, marketing and uh, digital in, in general today is you see a lot of folks that still treat their websites as, as kind of static digital brochures or they'll hire the, do the one page thing. And they're just looking for the most cost effective thing to have a, a digital like business card out there. And if they have, if they invest anything on content, they put their best stuff up on somebody else's platform where it kind of just is seen in real time, maybe, and then kind of passes through that, that river of, of you know, real time. And then never gets documented somewhere where it can be an answer to somebody's question or um, build social equity, uh, SEO equity up. So we want to try and tell everybody to say, hey, you know, your website is a digital asset. You should put all your best content on there and share it out that way. Bring it back to your marketing hub where you can do things like I'm sure you guys have talked on the show about you know, retargeting your Facebook um, you know, Facebook pixel and, and AdWords retargeting and, and where you can have call to actions and all sorts of stuff. So you can build your website asset more. And the more you build it out, the more SEO equity it gets, the more traffic it gets, the more it ranks in search engines. Um, and you have this asset that becomes a lead generator for yourself. Um, again, than just, a, just a, a digital brochure. But that takes, you know, <clears throat> that's around the other topic that we wanted to discuss, which is evergreen content. And what we mean by that, folks is that there's content that you can produce which um, Google will find extremely attractive which you don't have to constantly change you can up, you can just leave it and then periodically update it where, where do you see the importance of evergreen content when it comes to uh, agent website in a, that's trying to attract local leads in a Pacific area or community, Phil? So I've got um, two, two ways that we approach this. One, I do think kind of the evergreen, and we kind of marry that up with something that's more authoritative in terms of being longer form content, being really educational, almost more like a guide um, or something where somebody can actually get educated and read through it, just be a, a longer form post. Um, we try and do more of those for ourselves and our clients, maybe once a quarter you know, or more. Because I do think it's still really important. And this is, again, we're trying, I'm always trying to find ways to, to hack into to, um, results where you can get maybe 10 times ROI versus one time ROI. Again, this is another problem, I think, with digital in general. Is everything, a lot of times, is done without a strategy. It's kind of in this one-dimensional way. Um, but getting back to blogging and evergreen content, I think it's really important for most small businesses, local businesses, to be able to publish at least one decent consumable piece of content on their website at least once a week. And so in our case, we'll publish it up on our website or a client website, let's say, use something like Snap Auto Poster and some, a schema plugin where we can dress it all up, do all the online SEO to it, hit publish, and then have it distribute out to multiple social media channels without having to do a whole lot of extra work. You almost kind of put that stuff 
on autopilot, right? So you can grow it out, work on long tail keywords and stuff like that. We can try and get some better in local search based on the keywords. You're going really fast. Sorry, man. And and, and also another thing about our audience that, that in my experience, 10 years of doing this, like half the words you're using Realtors aren't going to. I got. I got to dial it back. I got to dial it back. Aren't going to be able to 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 keep up. So one of those things that you just said that I want to touch on. Actually, there's a whole bunch, but I'm going to stop you and I'm going to say, you. I don't subscribe to your theory. Just so that you know, I subscribe to Brian Dean's theory of content. I put out content maybe once every other month. What I focus on is super high quality, much longer form content. But you said you've said three different things in the span of a single like burst statement there. You said one, you want to throw up something once a week. Two, you want to promote it out. But you said in the you said you want to grow it out for long tail keywords. I honestly don't even know what you mean by that. Are you saying that you you take the same piece of content and you keep working on it? Like you produce it every week, then you go back and fine-tune it based on keyword recognition? Great. Is that what great. you mean? No, it's a great, 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 great um, point. So we want to do a couple of things with our blogging strategy. One is um, we want to, in my whole, the way I, we do things, it really all comes back to keyword research. I think it's still important. It's not a deprecated strategy. You really have to know what people are searching for and what your ideal clients are searching for. And any content that you build on your website, I think has to come back to keyword research and then finding ways to naturally bake that into your site or to use that to come up with content. So once you've got the keyword stuff worked on, you're constantly, I guess, trying to figure that out or modify it or tweak it. And before you move on, actually, Phil, can you give our audience what you mean by keyword research? Can you just give a quick 101 outline why that's important? Because like what Robert says, a lot of our audience are really interested in this subject. But they they're no they're not experts in any shape or form, Phil. Right. So if so we're gonna couple steps back. One is if we've if I've been able to sell people or get them to understand or believe or subscribe to the fact that your website is or should be looked at as a marketing asset and it makes sense to invest and build pages or put content on it um, over time and document basically, you know, the work that you do and your knowledge. Um, through a through your website and, and essentially through your blog, then having keyword research to where you put new content on your website makes a lot of sense because the, it, it it tells you where to focus on. So where do you go in terms of keyword? Well, a lot of times people okay, if you say I hear well, a lot of times when you say hey Phil, um, I hear what you're saying about blogging. They just they just figure out okay, I'm going to start writing blog posts and putting more posts. More is better. Well, it it's not necessarily like that. I think unless you've actually done some research on who your ideal clients are and what types of keywords that they use to search when they're looking for answers or um, products or services that are related to what you're doing. So if you wanted to start like blogging more for your local real estate market, well, it would make a lot of sense to use a keyword tool to try and see if you can get any insight under the way people are actually searching for real estate services in Kansas and wherever it is in Kansas city or whatever market that you're mm-hmm. in. So, and there's lots of tools you can do. That. There's ones you can pay for like SEMrush or Ahrefs, but there's also some pretty cool tools like with an AdWords. I use Keyword Planner a lot. Just go to Google. AdWords is obviously the PPC you know, click platform that Google uses to make all its money. You can go in there, especially if you have an established account or used it before. 
but it's a free tool. You can go and actually start typing in a couple, two or three root keywords, pick your geographic territory, and they'll tell me, say, for instance, in Kansas City, they'll give me a whole list of things that people are searching for in and around, say, real estate, yeah, buyers, homes, to, what neighborhoods, <coughs> all that kind of stuff. I just want to point out to folks that what Phil is saying is that there are some free SEO research tools that Google do provide. Um, you do have to, I think I'm correct. I'm sure Robert will correct me on this. I think you've got to set up an AdWords accounts to yeah. have access to that. Um, but they're all free, folks. Another thing, I just want to see if Phil agrees with this. Do you think it's also a good strategy just to have a, a spend a few hours generally looking at the competition, do, you know, putting yourself in the mindset of the target audience that you want to write and just see what's out there and write notes and save the URLs of other materials and just see what's out there. What do you think about that, Phil? Well, I think keyword research really for people that take a little bit extra time to do it really does open people's eyes because at some point you're just like, I want to write about... Yeah, here blogging, they'll, you'll just write about things like you're writing to a captive audience. But if you can see the search behavior and naturally bake that into your work and manage the balance, you can uncork a lot of SEO value that you wouldn't have gotten if you just would have written based on what you want to say versus the way people are thinking. So, but but Jim Green, another good point is like is 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 competitive. How far will people take some of this research in terms of trying to figure out um, how to get an edge maybe on their website? So we do a lot of competitor research. Um, research and and Ahrefs is probably my favorite one to look. So if we we'll, if somebody comes on board for us, we're going to take a look into the keyword research. But it, keyword research is I think one of those things where it takes some discovery to figure out well what are your marketing goals, what are you going after versus it's, you know sometimes people will come to us and say what's your keywords. Well we like to go and say well let's talk about what your business goals and who your ideal client is. And those discussions doing a little a little research will show you who. Um, what types of words and content you I, I personally, uh, the tool that you've mentioned, I know Robert uses it. I don't actually use that myself, um, but it's a fantastic tool. Is that um, too far, though, for most users? Probably, probably is, not. That's what, an agency tool. More, that's an agency probably. tool, really. Um, uh, I don't even, I'm not an SEO. I'm an online marketer. I, I have a couple of other cheaper tools that I use, um, but it is a superb tool. Um, but I want to get back to uh, things that will really help our audience. And I think this whole subject can be, um, a lot of agents deal with it, um, Phil, is by pushing it to one side. Because when we when we start talking this language, they it, it's like, I just can't be bothered with it. But I think the reason why it doesn't have to be so difficult is that if you use the tool that you recommended, which is free, and you also look at the competition, you can also um, base it on what's going on in your local communities. And if you're like one of your target audiences, maybe people moving into the area, um, what type of things would those type of people want to know about certain communities and areas in, their, in your community which you're serving? Would you agree with that, Phil? Yeah, I think it still it comes back into the keyword research piece. If you can figure out how people are searching for things, products, and services related to your business in your area, I mean, it's almost kind of giving you the blueprint to reverse engineer your content strategy. Um, I don't know, does that 
hopefully that that answers that piece of that question. But getting back to what, what Robert was saying, because he really touched on a really, I think, important piece of content marketing in general, the way SEO gets results, long form, evergreen content once in a while, a lot better than thinner content. That's the way the internet, the old SEO used to be like, like lots of pages with very thin content. Now the competitive keywords that are ranking looks a lot narrower, less pages with much deeper content. That is certainly true for, especially when it gets into really competitive stuff. But when we're working at the local level, there's a trade-off with trying to figure out how to get enough content out there where you're staying in front of people on multiple channels um, right. and then trying to get people back to the website. So we still think having smaller consumable pieces of weekly content works a lot for local businesses, but having that evergreen content goal, maybe on a once a quarter basis where they can invest in that kind of stuff also makes a lot of sense, but I'm gonna take it a step further. One of the other reasons why we do this, and this is probably my top SEO content marketing hack that I have is we like to do that keyword research. We like to create um, based on what we find a blog series of 10 to 15 posts. Okay. So that we can launch them out one at a time in terms of a series on the website and have that consistent presence where we've actually thought about it. Then at the end, stitch them into an ebook that we use as a call to action on the website. Then take it even a step further because we're really trying to do what I've actually had success doing for myself and that's leverage content um, and try and use it as a way to elevate your own personal branding and authority. Take that ebook, spin it into a Kindle, put it up on Amazon, make yourself an Amazon author, get those backlinks in by working the feed into your author page, which there's all sorts of benefits to that. Then for your advanced folks that are really into this and understand the, uh, the, the importance of being an authority, even in your local niche, by having a book, um, is using it to uh, get guested on, on podcasts which right. is an, has a lots of benefits, right? When you go in and pitch yourself on podcasts, and there's tons of it, it's hot. It's been never been hotter than it is right now. Probably I don't think it's going anywhere. Um, but when you can leverage somebody else's podcast, like, like for one of our clients, we've got some of them go, they're going on once, twice, maybe four times a month. They're being pitched as an expert in their space. They have a book. A lot of hosts don't un, understand or care if it's a hardcover book or an ebook or whatever's long it's positioned, right? And as long as the, the guest has a way to... Um, add value to the audience. Uh, but they do a lot of stuff. When you get guests on somebody else's show, it's not like doing a guest blogging type thing where you write a thousand word posts and you go do a lot of outreach and they reject it and it's getting spammy. Um, the, the guest, the guesting piece, you're getting up on somebody's platform. They're promoting you as an expert. A lot of times they'll do a show notes page. It's about you. There's customized graphics on it. They promote it to their social media channel. There's the best, most natural organic backlinks you could get probably ever within a niche, um, depending on how you go after these. So there's this whole process of working it back. Because if you do this from the beginning, you just do a one long form blog post or you do random blog posts without thinking about the strategy ahead of time, you get this one dimensional thing that doesn't work. But if you think about it ahead of time, you can't stitch, like I guess my point is you can't stitch 10 random blog posts together into an ebook and then work it into no. this authority campaign. So you have to kind of work it. But if right. you do it ahead of time and put some thought into it, you can really 10x your ROI on the same strategy without a whole lot of extra time. And yeah, that's the right. types of things that we're trying to do is, yeah, are there, well, there's certain things that maybe Brian Dean might do that work at a larger level and kind of stuff, but there's other things you may have to tweak at a local level for different types of niches that still kind of work. And you're making a trade-off. I think that's the beauty about SEO is there's no single path to winning. There's different ways to skin the cat. 
And I totally I agree that, with you. But I want I want to I want to uh, before we do this, Robert, we've got to go for our break, Robert, and then uh, you okay. can come back when we come back. How does that sound, Robert? We're going to go for our break, folks. So we've had a fascinating discussion already, and I'm sure the second half's even going to be better. We'll be back in a few moments, folks. Do you want quality leads from homeowners and buyers right in your own neighborhood? Then you need MailRite. It is a powerful but easy-to-use online marketing system that uses Facebook to generate real estate leads at a fraction of the cost you'd pay from our competition. We stand behind our work with a no-question-asked 30-day money-back guarantee. So don't delay. Get started today. Go to mail-right.com. We're coming back, folks. We've had a bit of a discussion here on SEO. Off you go, Robert. Okay. So I, well, I have a few questions for you. So Phil, can you give me an example of a, a, just, just a quick example of a couple of local businesses that you are actually talking about? So, so to tie this in for the audience, you're talking about your strategy that you pursue for your clients is you're going to string 10 or 15 blog posts together. They're going to be a, 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 a in a thread, they're going to have a theme that you can then turn into an ebook, and then you can promote the ebook and, and put yourself as an expert in your space. Give me a couple of examples of of local businesses that you've done that for. Uh, we've got one right now that we do. She just put hers up called the Outdoor Living. It's a guide to building like hardscapes and patios and that kind of stuff. Just okay. went launched her website last. If you looked on Amazon, hopefully if you do Outdoor Living, you'll see it. Um, I'm probably, probably the best example because anything that I do, I'm not smart enough to really just come up with stuff and, and have the, the test it. I just do stuff that works for me and then I end up kind of stringing them together. So obviously the book that we wrote SEO for growth is a lot of repurposed content. Um, a lot of it's freshly written, that kind of stuff, but it's just accumulation of things that we've worked over time. I got another one that th- this hack really, really has been super um, successful for, for, uh, for this group of clients. We did a very similar thing, but for a, um, for a group of lawyers. Okay. But in this case, lawyers, how to right? hire lawyers, right? I don't think you guys can see that's how to hire well, lawyers. But so some yeah. of our people are going to be listening to us on the straight up podcast, so they can't see it at all. Uh, <laughs> so <this is> to, <laughs> so that's right. How to hire lawyers is a book that we wrote. We got uh, 12 lawyers together, different practices. Um, and they each wrote a chapter on how to hire a lawyer in their niche. So personal injury, uh, you know, bankruptcy, criminal law, and that kind of stuff. Um, so we put all these together, but one of the coolest thing that came out of this is one, it was a big group. So it was really awesome. And this is one, one of the cool things about this, this hack of, of getting onto Amazon and making it happen. And in this case, since we had a larger group of authors, we were able to time the release of it together to get everybody to beg, borrow and steal all their network. And since there was 12 of them, there was a lot. So we were able to, to, to launch the book and do the marketing effort on Amazon a short period of time and actually launch this to bestseller status in the category. Mm-hmm. So we made these guys best-selling authors in their space in a way that they can now use this to leverage. And they're starting to now just getting started to get into the podcast, you know, booking. This took us, we launched this, I think, last month. And now we're starting to leverage it to try and get them on. on See, what, show. Com- what comes to mind really, um, Phil, what you're saying is like, if let's say you're a real estate agent and you'd like to say you produce some booklet about lo- local communities there's normally a lot of local radio stations if you publish something like that that gives you a little gives you a little bit pushes you out in front than the average agent you can then probably get on a couple of local radio stations um get it mark get yourself 
promoted through that kind of activity. I think that that's the type of things you're trying well, to What's the ultimate out. business card? You pass it out. It's authority. When you hold something in your hand like this, I think there's a lot of extra benefits of, you know, you can execute a project. The other guy that, that was the, maybe the real estate agent doesn't have a published book um, type of thing. Yes, it does help you get marketed. It also helps you leave something that, you know, people don't throw away magazines or books a lot. They leave them at least until they thumb through them once. So there's all sorts of benefits on that. But in this case, if you do it, if you could do it in a way like that we did it here, the biggest benefit that came out of the, the, um, the how to hire lawyers book was that we got, and we intentionally did this. We put 12 people together that hadn't been referring business to each other. We got them and did a launch party where we had all 12 of them in a room. And now the biggest benefit of that is the referral piece is coming out from putting these together, these guys together and gals together um, as a part of a book. So now they're kind of their own, you know, you do these things when you, when you work with somebody for yourself or your client, when, when you publish somebody and make them an author, it, it's almost feeding into something that everybody has in terms of maybe like a career bucket list type of a deal, milestone type of a deal. So it really does, in our case, even for clients, you're kind of elevating your position with them because you're building their personal branding, their authority, but you also made them an author. I mean, it's, it's, it's a goal, I think, of everybody at some point, like they think I've thought about writing a book, um, but it's also one of these super shiny things that really helps them out type of a deal. And I think that right. really, it, it really helps does differentiate people, but it's also, it works, man. When you launch a, a website, for instance, like right now on SEO for growth, it's become a high authority website. You search for things like best SEO tools, best SEO tools, 2000. 18 or link building services. I mean, our lists and our posts are coming up in the top one, two or three and a lot of traffic from that. And that's because when we launch the book, it becomes a launchable piece of content where it naturally attracts a lot of links. If you you're smart about the way that you distribute it. So um, I'm going to, I'm going to throw in here for a second because, because one, I do think this idea is brilliant. And two, I love the way you've applied it, but I also have to say that for the vast majority of our audience, it's not applicable. Because the only people inside the audience for the real estate space where some, a strategy like this is probably really going to sing to them is the luxury real estate market. Okay. We have a few luxury real estate parts of the country that, that would probably do really well with this, like New York, Los Angeles. But there's places in the country, whole states, where they probably couldn't really truly successfully like, – like having a book – in certain places in Texas is just not going to do that much. You know, you could say, for instance, unless it has to do really specifically with the landscape, like how to buy a ranch, something like that in certain parts of Texas, like Plano and things of that nature. So I'm going to actually ask you, but I'm going to, I'm going to ask, ask us all to step back a few, okay. uh, a few paces because uh, we were talking to you about evergreen and yes. you mentioned in, in a, and you were talking about thin content versus I th I can't you I can't remember the language that you used, but it might have been more sustainable content, or you might have said said deeper pieces of content. You know, I'm curious to know what you think. Define for me in your own words what a thin piece of content is. How would you define that versus an evergreen? Like, what would what are the differences in a thin content post versus an evergreen post, according to Phil? Yeah. So, I, I mean, I, and I don't know what, I think the definition on this could vary a lot, but when I think of an evergreen piece of content, I think of something that's really thorough. Um, it's got a lot of um, reference pieces in it, maybe some of your own case studies and research on it. 
um, that can be added to and built to. So it's not, when, we, when I think of evergreen, kind of, I don't think of something that's done once and then used forever. Because I think if you're really going to be evergreen, you're ever working on making it better. And this is another Brian Dean thing. We'll come in and a lot of folks are now go ahead and see where the research, back it up, make it better and better and better and keep working on it. Um, not every blog post that you do might warrant that kind of uh, work and effort, but I think a longer form blog post um, that's got goes much deeper into maybe a topic area and almost becomes like an educational piece or almost like a guide is how I think I would invest more in terms of an evergreen kind of one piece I did actually, I was going to put out as a um, ebook, but it was ended up being, I think six, 6,000 or 8,000 words. And I said, you know what, I'm going to make this as a long form you know, piece and start adding to it as a core thing. And, and that's how I think of it. Okay. Um, but I, and I, and, and we work with, like I work with a bunch of companies, um, one of my work is called the content company who helped They're basically third, third party writers that, you know, you can get somebody to write good content for you for five, you know, 10 cents a word type of thing. Cause that's the biggest challenge for a lot of business, especially real estate agencies. None of them, no small business that we have, including myself writes all their own content all the time. Um, I get help doing it. I have people, I come back and edit it and add to it and stuff, but I do, I do, I do have people write for me on certain things and almost all of our clients do, cause there's just no way they would produce it in house. But my point in talking to some of these other folks that have, Lots of agencies as clients. I know they're getting a lot more requests for longer form pieces because I think people see the benefit in terms of, you know, building the authority up. But also I think, you know, in, in our book, I think we quoted Serpstat said in like 2014 that, you know, the average, I think number one post was for, across the internet was like 2,200 words or something like that. So you don't want to get too far into like the number because some people, I mean, aren't going to want to don't want, if you have something to say that's, that's more topical or you don't need, 2,200 words for every post to do that, nor do you have the time. You got to think about where's the return on it. But yeah, I think that it definitely works and it makes a lot of sense. My whole, the way we try and build stuff now is I think if you go back and this is probably the, another you know, big hack is I, we do a lot based on what Google says you should do in the Google search quality evaluators guidelines. Okay. Right. That's a 160 page document that Google gives to an army of 10,000 people that literally go on a daily basis and check the quality of search results that like manually check the algorithm inside of this document. Google hammers these people. They're not rocket science. They're trying to train. These are like average people that just are trying to make 10 or 20 bucks an hour. They tell them what to focus on on a website and they use acronyms. And the one they use the most is called EAT expertise, authority, and authority trust. trust. Yeah. Right. So those are the things that, I think of, okay, okay, people talk about this and that, but what are the things that you should really be focusing on your website that establish these goals? Because if Google's spending 160 pages and all this money to train people, I mean, that's the window into the algorithm right there. That's what they want you to put onto it. So if they're telling you to put these elements on, then that's what we do. So long form content, I think is one way to accomplish and get build a, a expertise, authority, and trust into your website. Um, but I also think having other things like uh, um, more, consistent flow of, of, of posts and actually getting, building a social media channel where you're able to drip feed them decent content on a consistent basis also is one of those things that helps you build expertise, authority, and trust on your website. That's, that's great, Phil. Um, we're going to wrap it up for the podcast part of the show, folks, but Phil's agreed to stay on and answer some more questions. I think in the, the bonus content, folks, which you'll be able to listen and watch on the MailRite website, is they're going to ask Phil about um, the difference between local SEO and uh, and and and, gonna, and, and also my example. part. You're going to drill yeah. me some more. <laughs> yeah, no, and you're going to give and we're going to give an example of everything that Phil's going to be talking about because I found a good one and it's going to be a shameless plug for him and everybody should like it. 
Oh, that's oh, thanks, great. Thank, thank, you, thank you, Robert. So, Phil, um, if people want to find out more about you and what you're up to, Phil, what's the best online places for them to find out more about you? SEO for Growth, the official book site. You can get it on Amazon, but if you go back to the website, we've got a nice bundle that Larry Kim gave us an ebook that we gave away with it on the book. And also there's a, an ebook on website SEO from the guys at Yoast. So SEOforgrowth.com, KCWebDesigner.com. It's kind of the home base. It pays the bills, man. That's the, the little website that could, <laughs> um, that I've been working off of for, for the last you know, 12, 13 years. And we, I started another business with John Jantz, who's my co-author on the book called Podcast Bookers, because I've had success with it. We, we do that now too. I truly think this is something people could do their own outreach for if they wanted to get started on it. But it's been the best thing that's happened in my whole business and biggest bang for the buck that we've done really is, is getting guests and on great shows like yours. Um, and I think everybody can do that to some extent to establish themselves in authority. But um, we have developed podcastbookers.com to do that. Um, but I think it's something you could do on your own really to get started, you know, type of thing if you didn't want to hire a service. And we're not the only ones that do there's other good ones out there as well, but mm. I think this is a great hack. So check oh, it out. Thanks for that, Phil. And Robert, how can people find out more about you, Robert, and your services? Oh, just go to inboundrem.com. That's great. Thanks. And you want to find out more about MailRight, just go to mail-right.com. We've had, we got, I showed Robert our update, our recent updates. I think I blew him away, actually. Uh, um, he, he understands the madness of our, our platform, folks. Uh, um, we'll be back next week with a great guest about technology and real estate and how using the latest technology can help you build a great real estate business. We'll see you next week, folks. Bye. Bye.